0: Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning, and for the opening scripture I want to uh, read is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Pronouncements <clears throat> this morning. There'll be no service next Sunday because of general conference. There'll be a basket dinner the last uh, Sunday of this month. And Charlene's birthday. We'll have to celebrate without her. She's 38 today. And uh, the Tibbetts family is in Carthage today. Let's stand and sing hymn number two seventy nine. Still not working? Is it? Okay. Okay. Two seventy nine. Our Heavenly Father, I would ask that your Holy Spirit to be with us this morning and be with Paul as he delivers the message that thou hast put on his heart. Let us listen with open ears that we might become closer to thee and more in tune with living the principles of the kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.
1: 1 Corinthians chapter one, verse ten. Now I beseech ye, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same and in the same judgment. When I was uh, preparing for what I was going to talk about today, I felt led to go to 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to be spending time mostly in the first three chapters of it. So I'm going to start reading from chapter 1, verse 18. For the Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of the words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. When we look at the world today, we can see that belief in God and belief in Christ is seen as foolish. The world looks down on it and will try everything it can to squander that belief that you have. And we have to always have our guards up to not let the world squander that. Too many of us have fallen choosing the world. When you get around people that speak with crafty words and can get in your head, and that belief can easily be squandered. All of us can name more than one person that's probably fallen down that path. So we ourselves have to make sure not only are we there lifting them up, but we have our guards up as well, for it's only going to grow against us going on to verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? The wisdom of the world will eventually fall. But so much value has been placed on it. So much value is placed on what they term as education. Accolades and high learning and high talking take president in the world over anything else. But there will be a time that that will all fall. The piece of paper that says you attended a building for so long will be meaningless. It is the knowledge and the wisdom of God that will take precedence. But right now, the evil doing will remain growing, and we have to remain steadfast against it. We have to have our guards up. Knowledge in itself is not bad. So when I use the term education, I'm not talking about actual knowledge. The Lord wants us learned. He wants us to study and to know what's in the world, to know history and so forth. But what the world terms education has become corrupt. And even I've heard it said several times, you know, talking about the beginning of the downfall of the RLDS church came through the church education department. And I think that's where a lot of the downfall of our youth has been in the world as well is through the college institutions and their high school institutions. For education does seek to destroy belief. I've mentioned before up here in a college class I had where the professor did the lecture on evolution and it was his goal to change everyone that believed in creation to believe in evolution by the end of that class. And to see the change in his demeanor. All the other classes I had with him, I thought he was a good teacher, a kind man. But the change in his eyes during that session was heart-stopping. And I think some of us, since it's been so far removed from when we've been there, don't quite realize what our young people have went through when we go in there. So we have to remember to lift up the ones we know that this comes first, not the other way around. Too often, we try to fit what we hear as knowledge in the world to make it fit, you know, in this. And Really, it's the other way around. We should look towards the Scriptures first. Anything that contradicts it, that's false. Going on to verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, It pleased God by foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks require wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, which unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. Because the foolishness of God is the wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Too many still require signs to believe while we know that signs will follow those that believe. And it's really easy, and I've seen it from people that have once stood in here, how they can convince themselves that the experiences they've had are false. You can convince yourself of anything if you try hard enough. So we must always make sure that we are keeping God at the forefront and not letting the world or our inner beings take control. Going on to verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are chosen. For God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I think a perfect example I'm thinking of this is Joseph Smith because we all know that he didn't have a very high worldly education. But then the impact that God used him for, you know, has influenced the world almost more than any other man save Christ, as it says in the Doctrine and Covenants. And I used to wonder sometimes when I was younger, you know, that if we could just get somebody that was high up, someone famous, you know, to get the message out there. But now, as I'm older, I see why God is not chosen that path. Because, you know, Satan would be right up there and can use that against us faster than, you know, it would cause a lot of damage. So I see the wisdom and why God has used the so-called small and weak to confound the wise. Going on to chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came unto you, I came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching, not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. We can look around us at so many other believers in the world that rely on the crafty words and the dynamic speaking to gain followers in order to gain money to prop themselves up. And dynamic speaking and crafty words have been used for deception for so many years. That is why we must all rely on the spirit and what we do and say. I know in my life, I'm not a good debater, I'm not a good person to argue. And if I try to rely on myself in doing so with someone, it's going to fall real quick, because I don't have power over the crafty words you know that many others will use. So if we're in that situation where you're talking to someone, we must remember to always let the Spirit guide what we say first. But there's a second part that also goes with this. You know, the Spirit can bring anything to your mind, but we also must have studied it out first so that he can recall those things to us. And I think as collectively as a whole throughout the church, not enough emphasis has been placed on this line of study. And which is why so many get unprepared when they come into to college or work or wherever. And you're faced with somebody else that has that power of dynamic speaking and crafty words can tear right through you. So we need to always make sure that we are looking towards the Spirit to guide our words and not our own inner hearts and tempers. Going down to verse 9. But as it is written... Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For his spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man except he has the Spirit of God. We must always let the Spirit determine the truth. I think of this a lot with, uh, with social media and the amount of articles that are out there and the clickbait and everything, that we need to really be sure that we are watching what we say and what we share to the world around us that you are letting the Spirit guide you into the truth and making sure everything that you're saying is correct and in line with God and what reality is. For so quickly can that be used not just against you, but it can be used against the whole church and group of believers as a whole. So we must always have the Spirit first guiding us, and this comes first, not the learned words of the world. Continuing to 13. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And chapter 3, 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to receive it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? We have to try to remove any divisions and strife that are amongst us in our lives so that we can be able to obtain the meat of the scriptures. You know, and we have to have the Spirit guiding us so that we can go deeper into Him and have that knowledge so you're prepared when you're faced against the world's crafty words and deceptions as they come at you and those around you. So we really do have to watch what we say and remember that we're always representing the church and the gospel. And we have to always try to strive for unity as well instead of division. I know with how the past year has been and there has been different viewpoints about specific issues that there are things that I've seen said by different people on social media and so forth that could be taken as very hurtful if I chose it to be that way. So that is why we must always make sure that we are watching what we are saying and listening to the spirit and not let ourselves get caught up in our own feelings. Because I also could have said something back and then it would have went downhill from there. And I'm glad at that moment I chose not to. It was hard, hard to do so, but that was the right thing to do. And so I always encourage us all to try to have that patience and listen to the Spirit first before we speak. I'm going to read verse 10 from chapter 3. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for that day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So if any man's work abide, which he hath built upon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself may be saved, yet as by fire. Our foundation must be in Christ. It must be in what is in here. Not anything that is in the world. This comes first, and that brings me back around thinking about the lost youth we've had going back before my time, through my time, and looks to be continuing now. Too many times we've taken for granted that they have this foundation. There's an assumption that just because they've attended church, they know all of this. Wow, that's not really completely been the case. And I think we're afraid at times of having uncomfortable conversations with them. And really, this could apply to any age, not just the youth. But the main thing is, why do you believe what you believe? And too many of them don't have this. And when they get into college or they get around a friend that's, you know, educated, so-called, in their words... It doesn't take very long for it to fall real quickly. And I've seen this happen to a great many of close personal friends that have came from the gospel that have turned their back on it because they have chosen to follow the ways of the world because they themselves didn't have as strong of a foundation as we and as I believed in the church and in Christ. So we must make sure to always try to emphasize that in those that we are around You must know why you believe something, not just that you do believe it. And you must have your personal testimony of Christ as well with you in your heart. For the world really is coming at us every which way. I'm going to read verse 18, chapter 3. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world... Let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is a foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and again the Lord knoweth the thought of the wise, and they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. We know that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care about the piece of paper saying where you went to school at. So we shouldn't either, in that sense of how we feel about each other. All are equal in God's eyes, and we need to unify and look to God first. This always comes first, not the world and what's in it. So I hope that all of us will cling to that. Hopefully something I've said today will stick with us because it's only going to get worse. It's going to get harder to talk about your belief in the world right now, especially it's so squandered at any moment you want to bring it up. So let us all make sure that we don't let that beat us down, that we keep our eyes single to God and his glory and have his spirit with us always. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Paul. I forgot to mention the offering will be received in the in the back and uh, on the table. Well, there's good pride and there's bad pride, but I'm sure this morning Samantha and Joyce and Steve have a great sense of good pride uh, for the for the work for the message that Paul brought this morning. Let's stand and sing hymn number three ninety five. Our Heavenly Father, it was good to have been here this morning to hear the words Paul brought to us. And let us always remember to put the scriptures first because they will lead us closer to thee and thy son Jesus and give us a good map to thy kingdom. Be with us as we leave this building and let us spread thy gospel into the world. In Jesus' name, amen.